0: I want to I look at the hardships that Joseph faced. How did he deal with those? How did he respond? And how he turned every setback into a step forward. Second thing is recognition that God was his source. In the biggest opportunity that he had, speak and stand before Pharaoh. He was very quick to recognize God was his source. He gave God all of the glory. And it led to a, a big promotion. And I don't think he was expecting that. The third thing is forgiveness came easy. It's easy to forgive when God is in control. You're gonna hold on to the bitterness, gonna hold on to the hardships. It's gonna be really difficult for you to forgive. But he was able to forgive. And then the Jesus sightings. We've got some interesting list of uh, some parallels between Joseph and there's lots of Jesus sightings. Hardships. Hardships endured. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 37. That's where we pick up the story. Um, Joseph, uh, verse 1, Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. Jump down to verse number 4. First hardship Joseph's brothers hated him. Why, was, why would that be? Joseph's brothers hated him. Most of us are pretty familiar with the story of Joseph. If you don't know, Joseph was the 11th child of Jacob. He was a favorite child because he was from his favorite wife. Now that's just weird to start off with. Two wives, two concubines, 13 children in all. We're not going into any of in all of that. But if you back up to verse three, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob made a special gift for Joseph, a beautiful robe, the famous robe. But Joseph's brothers hated him because his father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word about him. Why is that? Go back up to the in of verse number two. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he tended to his father's flocks, worked for his half-brothers, the sons of of his father's wives Bilhah and Zilpah, but here's the key. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that Joseph's brothers did. Maybe that's why they hated him. Not to mention the fact that he was loved more and that made him that pretty coat different from theirs. But maybe the, the reason why Joseph telling on his brothers, he's a little telltale, isn't he? Maybe, that must, maybe that's why Jacob sent Joseph to go find his brothers and check on them. And then there were the dreams. Y'all know about the dreams. It was interesting that one of the dreams was about grain. Joseph's brother's bundles of grain bowed down to Joseph's bundle of grain. And he told them about it. I got this neat story. You won't believe what I dream. Y'all are all in it. Oh boy. And then the sun and the moon and the stars, his, his mom, His dad and his mom and his brothers, the stars and the moon and the sun, they all bowed down. He told them about that too. So it's no wonder that Joseph's brothers looked for an opportunity and they seized upon it to get rid of him when they had the chance. Let's kill him. No, 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 we can't do that. Let's grab him, throw him in an empty cistern or a well. He'll die. We won't even have to touch him except to pick him up and throw him in the well. No, 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 can't do that. Caravan of uh, Ishmaelite traders. Where have we heard that name before? Ishmaelite or Midianite traders. They come along, let's sell him. What did they do with the money? They sold him. And nowhere is there a word about Joseph's response. He didn't fight. He didn't, it doesn't say he cried. 17, I'd have cried. Of course, I'd have cried anything, but, but not a word. No pleading for his life. But you know that that had to, that had to hurt. Think about him looking up from the bottom of that well, her sister, at his brothers and hearing the talk. What are are we gonna do with them? What does that do to your psyche? What does that do to your self-worth? Can't be good. Second hardship, Joseph sold into slavery and he endured sexual harassment, temptation, and punishment for something that he didn't do. Joseph gets sold, he's taken to Egypt, he gets sold to Potiphar. Potiphar is an Egyptian officer, He's the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king. What was Joseph's response to being sold into slavery? We're in chapter 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. So he he succeeded in everything that he did while he served in the home of of his Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this, and he realized that the Lord was with him, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And from that day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar for Joseph's sake. All of his household affairs ran smoothly. His crops and his livestock flourished. So Joseph, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what to eat. That's how Joseph responded. Hard work with the favor of God. He was successful. Where did he learn how to be a household manager? Where did he learn about taking care of livestock. He grew up in his father's house. They were shepherds, or say sheep herders. They were shepherds, and there were 13 kids. You think Joseph may have learned the hard way about dealing with uh, siblings, personalities, how to win friends and influence people, what motivates this person, what motivates that person, different. That's where he learns learned some of those things, and he had the favor of God. Doesn't sound like a hardship. And there's Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, that was a hardship. She was. Uh, we're not gonna go into all of that, but she, Potiphar noticed God's blessing. Potiphar's wife just noticed Joseph and she tempted him. She harassed him, chased after him. What was his response? He tried to stay away as much as possible. The smart dude, but he still had to go into the house. He was a manager of the house. One day he went in there, He had to be in there. She approached him again. And his response was, how could I do this wicked thing? It would be a sin against God. Not against you, not against me, not against Potiphar, your husband. This would be a sin against God. He recognized who it was that he was serving. And when she didn't get the picture, he ran. That's what you're supposed to do, the Bible says. Flee, run, get out of there. Just don't leave your coat behind. Take it with you because what did did that do? It embarrassed her. And she was jilted. And so she lied about it. Now, Potiphar gets home. She tells him what happened. This is speculation. Why? It says Potiphar was furious. Why was he furious? Go back up to the scripture that said, everything was running smoothly. (laughs) Is there any, anybody that thinks Potiphar knew his wife, knew what Maybe he knew what was going on. What about the other servants in the house? You don't think that they saw what was going on? She didn't hide it that well. This is just speculation. It's like the chosen. Think he was mad, but he had to do something. So he threw him in prison. After all, he was the captain of the guard. So now he's in prison. Another hardship. He is in, has to endure a long imprisonment, and he is forgotten by those he tried to help. How did he respond? Once again, there's the favor of the Lord. The warden he loved Joseph because everything ran smooth. Where did he learn how to be a prison trustee? It was the favor of God. God was with him. And the cupbearer, the king's cupbearer, and the king's baker, they get put into prison after Joseph. And they and it says that the captain of the guard put them under Joseph's care. Who was the captain of the guard? Doesn't say it. Says it before that it was Potiphar. So Joseph took care of them. He got to know them, understand them. One day he sees them and they are troubled. Hey guys, what's, what's the problem? We both had dreams, he t- they told him. Joseph says, interpreting dreams is God's business. He's beginning, he set me up for the next point. He's recognizing who is the source. They tell him his dream. And he gives them the meeting. The first guy, cupbearer, very soon you're going to get recognized. You're going to get released from prison. You're going to get restored to your position. Joseph tells the, the cupbearer, would you just please do me a favor? When you are released, Pharaoh restores you. Would you just tell him about me? So I was imprisoned unfairly. The baker, he hears this. He's thinking, wow, this is a good deal. He tells him what happened in his dream. And Joseph tells him, not going to be as good for you, but you'll get the point. Just whoosh. A couple days go by, just happens to be Pharaoh's birthday. He wants to throw a big party, calls for the cupbearer and the baker to be released. He restores the cupbearer and he has the baker executed, just like Joseph said would happen. But he was forgot, the cupbearer forgot. We can't be too hard. On the cupbearer. Because going back to Caleb's message, wasn't God's time. It's two more years. Jacob is now 28. He's got two more years to be in prison, two more years to get closer to God, depending on God for his answer. Hardships. You're dealing with any hardships? You've been. Have you been betrayed, forgotten, thrown into a pit? (laughs) Maybe. Have you been harassed? Not so much what's happening, but how is it that you're responding? Next step. All of these things were making Joseph ready. All of a sudden, we have the king's dreams, the pharaoh's dreams. He has these two dreams about the fat cows and the skinny, scrawny cows that eat the fat cows and stay skinny. And then what's the other dream? The grain, the kernels of grain that, that are full. And then there's the other pods whatever they are and they consume the healthy looking heads of heads of grain he is totally troubled he goes wakes up the next morning calls all the the magicians calls his wise men tells them the dream nobody can figure it out all of a sudden the cupbearer goes i just remember i have i have really been a bad guy he tells Pharaoh, there was this guy when I was in prison. You remember, you had me and the chief baker thrown in prison. There was a guy in prison with us. We both had dreams. We told this guy, this Hebrew, our dreams. And he told us exactly what was going to happen. And it happened just like he said. You should call that guy. So he did. He has Joseph summoned to appear before him. Joseph has no time to plan anything. He's got he's got no, t- no time to figure out what he's gonna say, what he's gonna do. He had time to shower and shave, put on new new clothes, and he stands before the king. King says, I had a dream. I don't know, I don't know what they mean. But I hear that you can interpret dreams. Joseph says, wait a minute, that is God's business. But you tell me the dreams, God will reveal the truth to you, and he'll set your he'll set you at ease. So Pharaoh tells him the dreams. And Joseph tells him, chapter forty one. Verse 16, it's beyond my power to do this, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Pharaoh tells him the dreams. Joseph responds, both of, verse 25, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. And God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. And he tells him, since you had two dreams that both mean the same thing, it's going to happen. Remember last week, John Mark with the microphone, I I had a clip of that, and I could not figure out how to get that clip onto the the screen. But John Mark, being prompted by Miss Robin, says, when God says it, it's going to happen. And when he speaks it, he means it. So it was now time. And Joseph tells him what the dreams mean. And he could have just stopped right there. This is what I was called to do, to tell you what the dreams mean. I've done it. Thank you very much. I'll go back to prison. But he recognized this was the opportunity. And God had given him more than the interpretation, gave him more than just the meaning. He gave him an action plan. Look at verse uh, 33. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent, wise man, And put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land. Let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Let them gather all of the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so that there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, The famine will destroy the land. I bet he breathed a sigh of relief, what do you think? Like, I'm probably dead. Verse 37, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously, filled with the Spirit of God. That's a, that's the favor of God again. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court. All of my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a higher rank than you. I don't think that Joseph was really expecting that, but he did. It. He took it. Look at the end of verse... 44. Here's Joseph's response. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land without your approval. Go down to verse 46. He was 30 years old when he was promoted. When Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. What was he looking for? He wanted to get a lay of the land. He wanted to find out where are the rivers? Where are the routes that can get, where do I need to put the places to put the put the grain. I want to make it easy. God gave him a plan of action. He wanted to survey. What do we what do I got? Who do I got? Who can help? Where did he learn all of that? God. God gave it to him. He learned how to manage a household in his household, the one he had been forgotten. He learned that in Potiphar's house. He learned it in prison. Every hardship. He responded, "We're not going to go through. There, there's so there's so much in this story. I would just encourage you read every every one of these uh, these verses. But the last point, the forgiveness. You know that Joseph's brothers came. Jacob sent his brothers to go to Egypt because he heard there was food there. And Joseph recognized his brothers. He thought back to the dreams. And I don't know whether he was I don't know whether he was he uh, wanted to stab him a little bit or give him a little harsh treatment. Or I, I don't I don't think that's the case. Somebody suggested that maybe he was testing them to see, he wanted to see Benjamin. That's his, that was his true brother. He wanted to see, make sure that they hadn't been mistreating him. Maybe that's why he went through all of that, all of that thing where he kept Simeon, right? And he sent the rest of them back, put all their money back in their bags. They got home. They thought, oh my gosh, God's repaying us for what we did to Joseph. I mean, Joseph never thought that he would see his family again. When, when Pharaoh exalted him, he gave him a uh, an Egyptian wife, she gave him two sons. What were the names of his sons? Hold son, Manasseh. In Hebrew, that sounds like a term that says, cause to forget. Because he said, God has caused me to forget the troubles. That was a closed chapter in his mind. He didn't harp on that. He didn't go back and try to dig that up. What was the second son's name? Ephraim. That sounds like a Hebrew term of God's favor or fruitful. Finally, at the end of in Genesis chapter 45, Joseph can't take it any longer. He reveals himself to his brothers. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. Verse 8, so it was God who sent me here, not you. And he's the one who would made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of the entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. He was the one who brought him, sent him ahead for such a time as this. So it was very easy for Joseph to forgive his brother because he recognized it wasn't them. It wasn't them, it was God. Later on, chapter 50, Jacob has died. Pharaoh gives Joseph permission for his brothers and he had to take his body. Jacob made him swear, don't let me, don't bury me here. Take me back. They went back to Canaan and they buried. And all of Egypt mourned. They're going back. Joseph's brothers, they get worried. They start talking among themselves. You know, dad's gone. He's dead. Now Joseph is going to get us. He's going to pay us back. So they come, come up with a with a plan. They see Joseph and they say, you know, before dad died, he told us to tell you, you're to, you're to be kind to us and deal with us gently. Verse 50, Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended harm for me, but God intended for it all to be good. He brought me to this position so I could save many lives. He brought me here so I could preserve the family that's going to bless the nation of the world. Jesus sightings. Parallels between Joseph and Jesus. Their fathers loved them dearly. They were both shepherds of their father's sheep. They were both sent by the father to their brothers. They were hated by their brothers. Others plotted to harm them. They were both tempted. They were both taken to Egypt. Both of them had their robes taken from them. They were both sold for the price of a slave. They were both bound in chains. They were both falsely accused. They were both placed with other, two other prisoners, one who was saved and one who was lost. They were both 30 years old when they began their public recognition. They were both exalted after suffering. Both forgave those who wronged them. Both saved their nation. And both of them, what people did to hurt them, God turned for good. That's some Jesus sightings right there. (laughs) What do we do with all of this? Hardships. You had hardships? How are you going to respond? You're going to recognize that God is your source. And because God is in control and he can move people ahead, last free little tidbit, they're in Egypt and 200 years before, God tells Abraham, You're going to go into, this nation is going to go into bondage, be enslaved for 400 years. But I'm going to punish the nation that puts you enslaved. And when you come out of that land, you're going to come out with riches. And I'm going to take you into the promised land. 200 years before this happened, I told Abraham this is going to happen. You think that story got passed down? That's how they did that. Think when Joseph had those dreams, at the bales of grain, bowing, think he had any idea? I don't know. Probably not but he knew God was in control. He gave God the glory. He recognized that God could move people where, they, where he wanted them to be so that Joseph could not only save Egypt, he could spare the life of his family and their descendants and preserve the line. Let's pray. God, thank you for allowing us to go on this journey today. God, you are in control. We declare that. We declare our utter dependency upon you. As we go through hardships, help us to respond so that others can see that there is the favor of God, that we have the spirit of God in us, that you're directing our path. You're showing us what we need to do. We recognize, God, that you are our source because, God, you can move us, promote us at your time, at just the right time. We don't have to hold it against anyone. I pray, God, for your favor to rest on each one of us, the appointments that you have for us in the next hour at lunch or as we're going about our our business, the people that we're to meet and contact. It may be the only Jesus that that those people see today. Thank you. Jesus' name, amen.